everybody, my name is Trench Reynolds and welcome to the real first episode of Back in the Trench. I previously recorded a first episode of this podcast, but I was not happy with the outcome. I preferred to read from a script as my freestyle skills are somewhat lacking for a one-person podcast. You can still hear that episode if you sign up for my Patreon at TrenchReynolds.com, but I don't see why you would want to. Anyway, in this podcast, we will go back to somewhere in time to a crime that I featured on my website in the past 21 years that has been lost to the American consciousness. The practice episode was recorded back in October, which at the time was the 15th anniversary of the school shooting at an Amish school in Nickel Mines, Pennsylvania. But before we get started, this show is supported by my listeners at Patreon. Just a dollar a month goes a long way to help keep the podcasts and website ad-free and independent. Anybody who signs up at the $1 level or more will not only receive Back in the Trench a week early, but will also receive a small thank you gift from me as well. All this can be found at TrenchReynolds.com. If you'd like to make a one-time donation, you can do so at paypal.me slash TrenchReynolds. In early October 2006, 32-year-old truck driver Charles Carl Roberts IV was armed with three guns, a stun gun, two knives, and a bag holding 600 rounds of ammunition. He stormed an Amish school in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, where he shot and killed three Amish schoolgirls execution-style, wounded eight others before taking his own life. Roberts had called 911 and said that if Pennsylvania State Police don't leave the school grounds, he would start shooting people. Roberts was said to have started shooting people shortly thereafter. When police stormed the school, they found Roberts dead. Roberts' actions were initially believed to be spurred by an incident that took place 20 years prior to the shooting. Three notes were left behind for Roberts' family that were said to be rambling and and incoherent, but were similar to suicide notes. When Roberts' wife found the notes, she called her husband. He returned the call saying that he wasn't coming home and was taking revenge for the supposed incident that happened 20 years prior. Before the shooting happened, Roberts released all the boys from the school along with an adult female who was pregnant and three other adult females who had infant children with them. Then Roberts is said to have bound the feet of the remaining schoolgirls. It was believed that Roberts' grudge was not with the Amish, but he targeted that school because it would have been easier to infiltrate. At the time, I wondered if Roberts had been somehow influenced by a similar shooting at Platte Canyon High School in Colorado. At that shooting, a mentally ill homeless man stormed the school with a rifle and ended up killing a girl during a hostage situation. I'll have a link to my blog post about Platte Canyon High in the share notes. I'll also probably cover that in a future episode. But getting back to Nickel Mines, three of the victims died at the scene of the shooting. Not long after, a fourth victim died at the hospital. It was after the fourth victim died that it was made public that Roberts had shot the victims execution style at point-blank range after being lined up along the chalkboard. Their feet had been bound with wire and plastic zip ties. Sadly, that news was followed up with the announcement that a fifth victim had died. Also at this time, investigators were speculating that the incident that triggered Roberts' murder spree was losing one of his children in 1997. However, that was not 20 years prior to 2006, as Roberts kept claiming. About a day later, it was made public that Roberts claimed to have molested two young relatives 20 years prior and was dreaming about molesting again. It was also revealed that Roberts may have intended to molest the Amish schoolgirls as he had a piece of lumber that had 10 large eye bolts spaced about 10 inches apart, along with the aforementioned zip ties 
and KY Jelly. Getting back to Robert's claim that he molested younger relatives, neither side of Robert's family had any knowledge of Robert's molesting anyone before. Police interviewed the two relatives who Roberts claimed to have molested, and they told police that they were not molested. The relatives who would have been four or five years old at the time. This made the tragic deaths at Nickel Mines even more pointless. Do you think that Roberts' relatives could have blocked the incident from their memories, especially considering how young they were? Or would it have at least one of them remembered some detail that would indicate that it actually happened? A few days after the shooting, another victim had been taken off life support at the hospital and was taken home to <clears throat> excuse me, taken home to die. However, she started showing signs of improvement and was returned to the hospital. According to Wikipedia, she was still alive as of 2016, but at that time was still unable to walk, talk, or feed herself. Not surprisingly, Roberts's grave was vandalized more than a week after the attack. Shortly after that, it turned out that Robert's so-called revenge was more about losing his daughter in 1997 than any alleged molestation. According to police, Roberts told his victims that he was going to make him pay for his daughter who died at birth. It was around this time that the school itself was demolished. About a year later, about a, year later a new school had been built and had been aptly named the New Hope Amish School. When a school shooting happens, I always wonder what could have been done to prevent it. Usually it comes down to parental obliviousness, as most school shooters are minors. However, I think the only person that could have prevented this shooting was Roberts himself. I think it's safe to say that Roberts was struggling with mental illness. 2006 was still a time when getting any kind of mental health care was still seen as some kind of weakness that people were ashamed of. Great strides have been made with the acceptance of mental health care in the past 15 years, but not only are there still holdouts who still think in the old ways, but mental health care is not exactly affordable or accessible in the United States. That's it for this week's episode. For future episodes, you can go to the show's website at backinthetrench.com. From there, you'll be able to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. I'm hoping to release these episodes every Sunday, but if you followed me for a while, you know I have difficulties following any kind of schedule. In the meantime, if you'd like to read more stories like this, you can do so at my blog, which is at realcrime.net. You can also listen to the companion podcast, Real Crime Stories, at realcrimestories.net. Again, if you'd like to support the show on Patreon, you can do so at trenchreynolds.com. If you'd like to follow me on social media, you can do so on Twitter, at Trench Reynolds, or if you'd just like to follow the shows in the blog, you can do so at Real Crime Net. On Facebook, you can follow me at facebook.com, slash real crime net and if you'd like to send me an email give me any kind of feedback or recommendations you can do so at real crime podcast at gmail.com you can also purchase real crime merch by going to realcrime.net and clicking the store tab so until next time stay safe until we're all back in the trench <laughs>